Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy, Hickman. Thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing parents. Guys, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% will ever play professional football. Those are the numbers. That's the stats. But instead of entering the NFL, they've all joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. You know what's funny? Today the Texans did their uh, press conference and J.J. Watt must have ended it in the best way he possibly could, right? I mean, they had John McClain on and and with John McClain's uh, question, J.J. Watt just ended it off by saying, maybe you could take a break from bashing us on Twitter. What What is the John McClain hate down here? <laughs> it's not the John. I actually like John McClain because unlike most reporters, he, he, he tells you what's on his mind. And it's almost like he is the reporter, but at the end of the day, he's the fan that's going to talk bad about the team. Because most reporters, and I'm, I'm myself included, we really don't talk bad about the team. We don't really just go straight out and say, you suck, you suck, you suck. John McClain just don't care. And when you are a Hall of Fame, certified Hall of Fame, NFL reporter with close to, matter of fact, over 30 years of experience, you can do whatever you want on Twitter. I hope one day I can have the credentials like John McClain, but I did love how the way J.J. Watt did throw that little slug at him. <laughs> no, I love it because I love when I, I love when the media has an opportunity to throw jabs at players, but I also love when the players throw it back. Hey, I'm the type of guy, if you are able to throw jabs at me because I threw a jab at you, that's, that's, what, we, that's what it's for. I love to have that type of fun, but I know one thing, Texans players, it seems like they're on Twitter immediately after a game sometimes. And they're, they're ready to defend their crown, man. I, I'm just now you see why. Ended. can we now you see why? <laughs> can, we, can we get a moment of silence first before y'all run to Twitter? But anyways, we have our locked over a locked on crossover show today with locked on coast. And that's gonna be exciting because the coast are a very good team. Um Cody, I believe you were the one that thought Houston would be better than the Indianapolis Colts when the year started after everything went down. And I was, you know, I was one of those guys that were telling you, hey, man, slow your roll a little bit. And I also had a lot of faith in Tennessee, but it's going to be a good discussion to discuss where they are right now. And I can't wait to do- and I can't wait to dissect uh, and really talk about Ed Dodds, who they have on their uh, personnel side of things that's going to be very interesting to see because I would love him here in Houston I would love him here in Houston as well but Deshaun Watson loves Will Fuller here in Houston yesterday was the first time we actually had an opportunity to hear from not only J.J. Watt but Deshaun Watson and Romeo Cannell and of course the biggest talk around their media availability on yesterday was the suspensions of Will Fuller and Bradley Roby and ladies and gentlemen the answers that Romeo Cannell gave on yesterday it was almost like an angry grandpa who was just mad at his grandchildren for not being responsible And 
one of the topics John and myself talked about earlier this week, and we're going to continue talking about it tomorrow with um, our guy, our cousin, our best friend, Brandon Scott, Sports Radio 610 host. Um, on tomorrow's show, we're going to discuss with him, you know, what's the outlook of the Texans after this suspension, not only for the rest of the season, but heading into the offseason. Bradley Roby, nine times out of 10, unless they trade him, he's going to be back. But you have a situation, a very interesting situation where Will Fuller, we all know that he was in his contract season, and we know that he was on the verge of getting a huge payday from the Houston Texans. And since he was suspended for PED use earlier this week, there was a lot of questions surrounding what should the Houston Texans do this coming offseason? Should they still give him that big contract? Should they part ways with him and let another team take him on? Or, or should they, you know, has this suspension opened up an opportunity for the Houston Texans to actually give Will Fuller a shorter contract with less money to prove his worth, not just as a top tier receiver, but a guy that is worth a long-term contract here in Houston. And to be honest with you, John and listeners, it seems like the opinion of what the Houston Texans should do with Will Fuller has been split. There has been some like me who say give him a shorter contract. There has been some that say, you know, Will Fuller has played his final game as a Houston Texan. However, if it is up to Deshaun Watson, not only will Will Fuller be back next season, he will be here for the long haul. During yesterday's media availability, Deshaun Watson was asked about Will Fuller's future with the team. And he flat out said that Will is my brother and the whole organization knows that. He went on to say that it is very important to make sure that the Houston Texans get Will Fuller back with this team next season, and he will be pushing for Will Fuller return, not just through the rest of this year, but all through next offseason as well. So, John, listeners, Deshaun Watson has spoken, and this is something that we said your franchise quarterback needs. Your franchise quarterback need a voice in a lot of important decisions when it comes to your organization. We saw how Kansas City had included Patrick Mahomes in their draft selection. And that's the same type of influence Deshaun Watson need here in Houston. We're not saying that they need to hold on to Watson's every single word. But if Watson is telling his organization, hey, I want that guy. Hey, I need that coach. Hey, I would like to have that general manager. You need to make sure that you at least consider it. I get it. It was an embarrassment to the organization, and it's also an embarrassment to Will Fuller himself, and he should be more responsible. But at the end of the day, this is a guy who has never been in trouble. Why not give him another opportunity to rep the city of Houston once more? And speaking of an opportunity, the Houston Texans will have their first opportunity to take on their AFC South Divisional rivals in the Indianapolis Coast on Sunday, which means coming up after the break, we will be joined by Evan Settery, the host of Locked On Coats. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the, the workout nation. It's sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be in. Uh, Built Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you plan some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you can just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout jail on the market 
it's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results. With three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and my favorite, chocolate mint. I like mint. You know, mint, mint it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end. You know what I mean? Whenever you drink it or eat it. Built Go combines energy gel with a collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with good stuff, and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! Hello, everybody. Welcome back into your latest Locked On NFL crossover special here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Evan Setter, the host of Locked On Colts, joined by Cody Davis and John Hickman of Locked On Texans for a big AFC South battle here on Sunday in Houston. How you guys doing today? Doing well, man. Thanks for having us on. You know, city of Houston is crazy as always. If it's not the Texans having us running crazy, it's the Rockets with that big trade that just happened a couple minutes ago. Yeah, big NBA news in Houston. And I, I think selfishly under the radar, I know as a, as a Colts, AFC South and obviously a Colts fan myself, it's a little disappointing to me that Deshaun Watson not getting as much hype as he is this year just because the Texans are so disappointing this year. But can you guys just talk? I mean, John, you can start off here and I can go to Cody. What's been your guys' impression of Deshaun Watson this year? Because I feel like at the text rate, maybe even close to 500, he might be an MVP candidate at this point. I think he said it right. I mean, if he – well, not he, but if the Texans were somewhat closer to playoff contention, then – we have to look around the league and it's very hard to either to get two MVPs, especially within two or three years from one another. So we know right now, Patrick Mahomes is playing out of his mind, right? And then we also know what Kyler Murray is doing. Uh, we also see the struggles of Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson started off hot, but uh, he struggled as of late as well. Deshaun Watson has stringed together, especially since Bill O'Brien has been fired games where no matter if Houston goes into in this season without a GM and, and hit a coach, uh, which they are, then Houston's job will still be favorable because of number four. And he's absolutely having one of those years where he's improved in areas that don't come up in the stat sheet. So he's improved in areas like not taking those sacks. He's improved in his pocket presence, knowing when to step up, when to run. He's been doing that more frequently, when to get the ball out quicker. And all of that has positive has a positive effect on this offense. Now, of course, because of what Will Fuller was able to accomplish, and we know now, we know why now, uh, then that added to what Houston was doing effectively on offense as well. But Brandon Cooks has looked great at times. Uh, Randall Cobb has had his times and his moments. And overall, Deshaun Watson has put this team offensively on his back. And, and you started this question out exactly how it is. If they were close to 500, in, in the playoff contention, then he would definitely be an MVP conversation. Yeah, Cody, I mean, looking at his stats over the last nine games, 22 touchdowns, only two interceptions, and he's on, I think, a 15-touchdown, no inter interception streak for the last few games as well. He's playing out of his mind now, Deshaun Watson. What's been your thoughts on Watson this year? I will say it like this. The title MVP, most valuable player, I'm to the point now, no matter if I'm talking about it with basketball or football, we got to start reconsidering that 
you know, what is a real most valuable player? Because yes, nine times out of 10, it goes to the best player on the best team. But take a look at the Kansas City Chiefs and take a look at the Houston Texans. If you were to take Patrick Mahomes away from that team and take Deshaun Watson away from the Houston Texans, I get it. The Kansas City Chiefs would not be this unstoppable force. But if you substitute any type of the quarterback in that system, I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are still going to be at least a playoff team. <laughs> Look how bad the Houston Texans have been struggling. Substitute any quarterback, and I'm pretty sure they're going to be 10 times worse than what they are now. Yeah, and that's the big thing, honestly, with Deshaun Watson. You just see the progressions this year. Even without DeAndre Hopkins, he's really gone of his way. And even John mentioned, as you did, Cody, just the progressions and overall maturity as a quarterback has really taken on another level this year after his extension. Only 25 years old. He's, so he's just now hitting his prime. So Texas are going to have a quarterback, a superstar quarterback for the next 10, 15 years. And let me ask you this, Cody and John, of course, you can go after as well. I heard this hypothetical on a podcast before. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on this as well. I imagine you guys talked about this before too. Obviously, letting go of Bill O'Brien about a month into the season. We all know how Bill O'Brien was a GM and a coach. Didn't really get much value back at all in a lot of trades. And obviously, the play calling at points is pretty subpar. But would you rather have Bill O'Brien with DeAndre Hopkins still, or would you just rather do the full reboot they've done now and let go of Hopkins and met letting go of Bill O'Brien at the same time? I think they made the right decision because where were we really getting with Bill O'Brien? We saw the result. You either make the playoff by winning your division and you lose in the first round, or you may lose in the divisional, but you're never going to the AFC conference game. And Houston has yet to smell that. Um, so when you take a look at everything that has transpired under Bill O'Brien and then the real boiling point of the trade and effects of that trade, David Johnson not playing well, uh, 0-4 start, the lack of creativity on offense, the moves that really uh, hindered your defense to where they're having an, uh, an historically bad year, then yes, I would rather the presence and hands of Bill O'Brien gone um, from Houston altogether. Looking at the Texans over the last month, outside of that game against Cleveland where they only scored seven points, they would be on a four-game winning streak into this Colts game. They've won three of the last four games. What's changed? Either one of you can go first here. Like, what's changed as far as the Texans? Because in the first part of the year, look at they're going to have a top five pick without having their own pick themselves due to the Larry May Tunsil trade. Just what's what's happened the last month or so in Houston where they kind of got on a roll here? Um, I would have to say that it's just the trust that Romeo Cannell and his coaching staff had still in his players. Look, there's another thing about Bill O'Brien. He always seemed like he had some kind of leash on his players. Now we're starting to see Deshaun Watson go out there and call more audibles. We are starting to see the offense get a little bit more fancy because you have a guy like Deshaun Watson. You have, you know, multiple weapons out there on the field where you had multiple weapons before Will Fuller um, got suspended. But it's like now the players are starting to have more trust. And Justin Reed and Deshaun Watson actually talked about this last week during their media availability. The fact that when they go out there and they're now listening to one coach, one person, other than listening to multiple people on the sideline. And I believe it was Deshaun Watson that said it feels good to go out there on the field and perform without anybody interfering with the original play call. John, what do you think about just the Texans so far? Is this as simple as this Deshaun Watson catching fire and maybe getting out of that rough part of the schedule there? I mean, I, I can't imagine a team had a rougher stretched open the season than the Texans did with the opponents they played. Yeah, you know, ESPN ranked Houston's schedule 
if I can remember correctly, I had it in front of me uh, a few a few weeks ago, but not anymore. But if I can remember remember correctly, ESPN ranked Houston schedule the toughest to start off with in the last 15 years. And so you start off with the Super Bowl champs, then you go to the Baltimore Ravens, you throw in the Steelers, Vikings, who they, they've gotten on a roll as of late as well. Uh, it was very difficult. But the thing about it is a couple of those games were very winnable for Houston, especially when you look at the Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Uh, but Deshaun has completely caught fire. But as Cody mentioned, everybody just trusts one another. One another. Everybody's on the same page. Uh, they they know the strengths and weaknesses of what the next man can do. Because remember, Houston did an overhaul in, in, in very important areas. So like at the receiver position, the interior defensive line position, the secondary position. They, they're missing guys either due to the free agency, trades, or injuries, right? We haven't seen Gary Young Conley, who was very good for us last year when we traded for him over from Oakland. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins going, DJ Reader's going, and, and other players as well. So they were missing players in, in key positions with no offseason, right? We look at some of the teams that we started off playing. The Kansas City Chiefs re returned almost everybody. The Baltimore Ravens, you know, at the time, we thought they had gotten better because of their free agency and, and adding to their defense. We see how great the Pittsburgh Steelers are. And the Minnesota Vikings is just one of those teams that can play very well on one game and very bad the next. So they're always one of those teetering teams, and we know how great the Tennessee Titans are. Um, so with Houston missing all of those players early on, there was no trust. They had a very difficult time with understanding the personnel with one another. Now, uh, 10, 11 games in, they just know one another more. They know this team. Uh, they know a little bit more of the makeup of this team. They're still trying to create an identity outside of Deshaun Watson, but as a as a overall, they're just doing better with understanding where they want to go collectively as a unit. John, I'll have you go here first. Romeo Cornell has done an awesome job, you guys have mentioned, the last month plus taking over after Bill O'Brien. And looking at the schedule for the last five weeks of the season, obviously they play the Colts twice in a three-week stretch. But between that, the Bears who are floundering, the Bengals without Joe Burrow, the Titans might not have – be playing any starters in week 17 if they clinch the AFC South before them, which is a possibility after they lost, they beat the Colts on Sunday. I mean, how big is momentum going to be if the Texans keep winning these games? And if Romeo Colonel has a legit shot being the head coach, would you rather go outside and look for guys like Eric Bieniemy or elsewhere? I'm still looking and I'm checking my options. Um, when I look at what Houston is right now, they're single, right? Just got out of a, out of a bad relationship. Uh, you know, you want to go date. You want to. You want to date. You want to see who's out there. You want to court somebody. Maybe you want to. You want to explore your options. You want to go to a bar and, and look around and just have a good time. And and if I'm Houston, knowing that I am the prize, because when you have a a quarterback like Deshaun Watson, new coaches and new GMs, they don't really come into a, a position where you don't have to worry about the main goal getting accomplished right when you took over the Cincinnati Bengals you still had to draft Jerbo Rowe and still pray that he's good when you look at what wherever Trevor Lawrence go which would more than likely be the Jets you still have to draft him and pray he's good Deshaun is already here and he's already established himself as a top quarterback in this league 
So you still want to go out there and see what's out there. And your quarterback has already said, I want this guy. I, I believe in him and I want him in Houston. Then you really need to look at your quarterback and listen and go out there and get who he wants. Cody, what do you think about the situation? Would you, if they text keep winning some games, would you roll with Romeo Cornell or like John mentioned, maybe go outside elsewhere and really see the best options of the Texas with Sean Watson are probably going to be at the top of the mark for any head coaching candidacy. Well, of course, I would much rather the Houston Texans go out and get a um, head coach that's going to be out on the market. But we actually talked about this a couple couple days ago. And I will say this. This upcoming offseason is the most important offseason in Texans franchise history because whoever you bring in, not only as general manager, but as head coach, is going to define Deshaun Watson's career as a Houston Texan. And I say this almost every single day. Please do not waste the talent of Deshaun Watson here in Houston. And if you cannot get an Airbnb or Greg Roman or a certified legitimate coach who is not only good at the X and O's in football, but a coach who is used to coaching Deshaun Watson's skill set, don't rush the process. Then I would say, okay, bring back Romeo Cannell, bring back Tim Kelly, bring back Anthony Weaver, bring back those three guys because. I don't want to see the Houston Texans just go out and hire a coach just for the sake of it, just because they need a quote-unquote head coach. Please don't do that. If you cannot get any of your top candidates, there's nothing wrong with bringing back those three guys. Because to be honest with you, yes, the Houston Texans are 4-3 and three under Romeo Cannell right now. But when you take a look at the two, three games that they lost, if they would have got that two-point conversion against the Tennessee Titans – that would have been a W. And when you take a look at the game against the Cleveland Browns, I mean, it was more so the weather that beat the Texans because they couldn't go out there and, 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 and attack a team in their passing game. They had to depend on their run game. And we all know the Houston Texans in 2020 do not have no sense of a run game whatsoever. So those are the two reasons why they lost those games. And they can easily be 6-1 and one under Romeo Cannell. He has shown the confidence in his players. You take a look at our offensive coordinator, Tim Kelly, our defensive coordinator, Anthony Weaver. Weaver, he has given his players confidence to the point we are seeing guys like Lonnie Johnson Jr. go out there and make plays. They are actually making adjustments. We are seeing the Houston Texans become more of a team, the team that we thought we were getting even after the departure of DeAndre Hopkins. That's why I say if you cannot get any of the top coaching candidates this offseason, which I highly doubt it because, yes, there are going to be a lot of openings for head coaches around the league, but the Houston Texans should be able to get any head coach they want with Deshaun Watson on their side. But if you cannot get your top candidate or Deshaun Watson top, top candidate, do not rush it. Bring those guys back for one more season, and then maybe in 2022 you can go out and get the coach that you actually want. Yeah, this Texans team has really been fun to watch the last month plus, and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the last stretch of the year and then into 2021 as well, because like you mentioned, Cody, the biggest offseason, I think, in their history coming up here in a couple months. But that's going to do it for my side of things here, asking some Texans questions. After our break here from a word from our sponsor, we're going to hit on the Indianapolis Colts and give our predictions. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans and Locked On Colts listeners and fans out there. We really appreciate the love that you guys show us. Uh, we it's a, it's a nationwide thing kind of sweeping through the nation. If you listen to music or podcasts, the rap of the year. So if you 
are listening to the Locked On Texas and Colts faithfully, tweet us and, and give us our ranking on your wrapped up podcast list. I'd be very interested to see where you have the Texans and Colts placed on that list. We're talking about the Colts, right? We're, we're talking about a team that is much better than last year, Evan, and Colts fans. Uh, they plugged in Phillip Rivers, who has played significantly better than Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is still a part of their team and, and what they want to do. Scored two touchdowns in the last game, if I remember correctly. Uh, but overall, they are in playoff contention. And, you know, I think defensively is where the Colts are really making their mark. And Phillip Rivers is able to come in games um, and, and do what he needs to do in order for them to get the dub. What's been the best or the most difference between this team from last year to now and how they're getting those wins? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, John, just about Phil Rivers, the upgrade from Jacoby Brissett, the accuracy is so much better. And Brissett was a lot more hesitant to make those throws down the field, more hesitant to take those deep shots. And Rivers definitely has that, as you guys know, all these years watching him. He's a true gunslinger. He knows how to really maneuver around and make the throws, even when he doesn't have that much time. Luckily with the Colts, though, only nine sacks so far this year, leads the NFL in that stat. So if you get Rivers' time, he's really going to pick you apart, and it's shown. I think it's his second-best completion percentage of his career so far, reunite with Frank Wright. But the defense is the big thing here. This Colts team is really relying on the defense to win them games. Rivers, of course, is 39 years old, so it's not a big surprise there. But, but acquiring DeForest Buckner was, I think, the big trade to send this Colts team from an average one to an above average one, possibly an elite one, if they were to add a couple more pieces on offense next year. Because the way Buckner and Darius Leonard complement each other is just awesome to watch. You have Buckner cleaning everything up inside. You have Leonard roaming free all the time. But Buckner, even he only has two and a half sacks this year, and they desperately missed him on Sunday due to COVID-19. It's still up in the air if he's going to play on Sunday or not. But having Buckner out there with this defense takes to do a whole nother level. He's one of the best defense tackles in the NFL. He really opens everything up for all three levels of the defense. And Matty Recluse as well, the defensive coordinator, has made it a point to be more exotic this year in their looks instead of being a bland cover two team. With Buckner on board, uh, Julian Blackman as well, the rookie back there, a defensive rookie of the year candidate at safety, doing a lot more exotic looks out there. And that's why Recluse is kind of getting some buzz as a head coaching candidate around the league just because he's really mixed things up now. But I would definitely say that Forrest Buckner is the big reason why. Phillip Burris, of course, is up there going from Jacoby Brissett as well, that quarterback upgrade. But I would definitely say trading that first-round picker to Forrest Buckner was worth it 10 times out of 10 for this Colts team because the way they're taking that leap on defense is a lot thanks to Buckner. As you know, the Texans lost their top corner this past weekend, Bradley Roby. And on Sunday, we have to go up against T.Y. Hilton, a guy who has literally – killed the Houston Texans over the past couple of years but so far it seems like this year he has taken a step or two back if I'm not mistaken he had just scored his first touchdown this past week so Evans from what you have seen how much do you believe injuries and age has finally started to take a toll on Hilton I think it definitely has guys I mean just looking at his production so far this year like you mentioned on Sunday he had 81 yards and a touchdown that was his career high, or not career, our season high in yards so far this year, 81 yards. And that's definitely not the old T.Y. Hilton we're used to. He really has been a non-point, non-focal point of the offense, been a lot more Michael Pittman Jr., their rookie, that a lot of tight end usage as well. And Hilton's definitely lost a step or two as far as performance goes. He's not really making those deep, deep shots anymore. He's not really getting a lot of separation. And it's having a lot of Colts fans wonder if they're going to re-sign him or not just because he's taken such a deep, steep dive off as far as performance and athleticism goes. 
I, I still would be shocked they let him go in free agency this year, but I think he's definitely going to take a significant pay cut to stay at the Colts because he's definitely a player now who's in the steep part of his career on a decline. And I would be shocked, honestly, if T.Y. plays another two or three years in the NFL at this point because he really just has taken such a steep fallback without Andrew Luck. We even saw in 2019, too, with Jacoby at quarterback. I know Jacoby's not the best quarterback out there, but even still, he was not getting that separation last year, and he still wasn't really making a lot of things happen. It was a lot more just short stuff, a lot of slants, a lot of drags, not really any deep shots. So definitely, I think Houston fans are going to be a really bringing a sigh of relief at this point because this version of T.Y. Hilton is definitely not the old one they're used to. Hey, Evan, can yeah. you do me a favor? Yeah, what's can you, up? Can you guys can you, can you guys let us uh, hold on to Ed Dots if you don't mind? <laughs> uh, we, hey, we need I'm, a GM here in Houston, and I think Ed Dots is the perfect candidate for the role, man. I I don't doubt you there. Ed Dodds has been awesome for the Colts. He's helped rebuild this team. He's really gone out of his way. He's Chris Bowd's right hand man. And honestly, if Dodds were to take a job, I mean, I've heard him all around the NFL, whether it be Houston, the Giants, they fired Dave Gettleman a couple other openings as well. I think Dodds could be a really hot name out there. Honestly, I think he's right for a GM job. He has all the makings for it. Just the question is, does he want to take it or not? Because he had a couple openings last year. He actually got offered the Browns GM job, but he said no to because he just wasn't, it wasn't the right fit for him. He just wasn't ready, he said, to really be off the Colts staff and learn from Chris Ballard. Those guys are best buds. And I think he wants to see this vision through this Colts team. They came so close before the Andrew Luck injury to be a Super Bowl contender last year. Philip Rivers make that one two-year push with him as well, see what happens. But I mean, Deshaun Watts might be the great equalizer there. I mean, if you have him on board to get Ed Dodds, I'm wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked honestly if you get Ed Dodds on board there, Johnny. Probably get Matt Eberflus your head coach, and I think that's not a bad option as well. But as we talked about before, his great defensive schemes we've seen before in the playoffs against Houston, he really is a great mastermind on defense. So I mean, I'm all aboard the Ed Dodds train. If Houston were to get him, I think that is the best case scenario for them for sure. Hey, Evans, um, last question before we go into our predictions. Um, Darius Leonard, you know, he's never really been a big sack guy, but he was always one of the, you know, up-and-coming linebackers over in his first two years in the league. But in his third season, is it so much so he is starting to decline a little bit? Is, is this like a – would you consider this a down year for Leonard? Because, you know, I haven't seen much of Leonard this season as much as I did his first two years in the league. Yeah, it's a fair fair assessment there. He really hasn't made a lot of splash plays this year. He's had a couple games where he's really flashed, been the old maniac we're used to for the Colts. But it's really been just a lot of above average to average play, not really elite play out of Darius Leonard, which has been surprising. He, of course, is going to be probably the highest paid linebacker in the NFL this time next year as if for a contract extension. But I'm not too worried about Darius. He's only 25. I think he's still on the way up. I think having Buckner on this team – has taken some of the spotlight off of him because the way DeForest Buckner has changed things up front for them, and he's just an absolute game wrecker up there. I think a lot of people are talking about Buckner now instead of Darius Leonard, but I still take Darius Leonard over every linebacker in the NFL at this point. I think he's probably poised for a huge bounce back year next year. He also struggled with injuries this year. He had a hamstring injury, groin injury against the Chicago Bears. He sat a couple weeks as well. So I'm not too worried about Darius Leonard. I think him and Buckner to be on this team together for another 10-plus years with the Colts, but compared to years past, his first couple of years, Leonard definitely is not up to the old maniac he's used to, but I have full confidence in Darius Leonard moving forward. Um, really quick, let me just say this. You mentioned there's the possibility of him becoming the highest paid linebacker in, the, in that the fact that he's up for a contract extension. Do you think the production he's showcased, um, I want to say not just this year, but if you base off of this year alone and you go into next season, 
Would you say he has done enough to become the highest paid linebacker in the year? Or do you think that the Indianapolis Colts should shave a couple of dollars on that contract because he hasn't shown yet that he's worth being the highest paid linebacker? I still would definitely give him the highest paid contract. If that's what he wants, I think that's what he's going to get just because it's the way I, I know you mentioned more so this year compared to the last couple of years, but even still in a couple of games this year, Leonard has shown just how, how much a freak he is athletically. I mean, we saw in the playoffs in 2018, just the way that he was able to shadow Deshaun Watson the whole game and really make him not a focal point in, in the offense, as far as rushing the ball goes. And Houston doesn't want to do that as much anymore compared to years past, but the way that he moves around is just pretty incredible for a linebacker. He moves like a safety compared to a linebacker. So just the freakish athleticism, the traits that he has, along with the production he showed in his first three years, I would definitely make Leonard a 18, 20 plus million dollar per year guy and really not worry about it, not sweat about it, just because the way he's able to maneuver around is just so special. Well, now we're going to go into our predictions. Evan, John, when it's all said and done on Sunday, who are you taking? Hey, I might shock you guys here because usually I'm not one to go against the Colts in my predictions, but just with the way Deshaun Watson's played the last month, the way this Colts defense has looked really inconsistent for the last month as well, the offense really can have some bugaboos here and there. Anthony Costanzo as well, the Colts left tackle, the most indispensable player, has a sprain MCL. He's going to be out on Sunday as well. So a backup left tackle in the Raven Clark will be going against J.J. Watt. With the way Watson's playing, I really can't bet against him right now, which might surprise some of my listeners, but I'm going to go – 27-24, Texans win this one. Wow, you got more faith than us over here in Houston because I don't know if you know, the league just suspended two of our main key guys and Will Fuller and Bradley Roby. And, um, yeah, we, we didn't have faith before. <laughs> and we don't have faith now. So I'm going to say the Texans are going to put up a fight, but it's not going to be enough due to those suspensions I really do think that suspension is going to weigh heavy on this team in this game because there's a lot of moving pieces a lot of people don't know I mean I spoke to Romeo Cannell and I asked him who's going to be your primary corner you know not just this game for the rest of the season and he just flat out told me he didn't know of course you know he gave the typical you know we're going to you know, see which guys play really well in practice and we're going to move some guys up but um he really didn't have any answers and I'm not too confident. The answer he gave me didn't, didn't sound, you know, very pleasing. So I'm going to say only because Deshaun Watson has been playing life likes out is the fact that is, is the only reason why I got the Houston Texans, you know, keeping this as a close game. I'm going to say Indianapolis Colts 30 Houston Texans 27. Yeah, I think, honestly, that's a good prediction. I mean, either way, I think it's going to be super close. And having Buckner, I think DeForest Buckner as well, we still don't know just yet if he's going to be cleared for uh, protocol due to COVID-19. If he misses this game, too, I feel even more confident in my Texans prediction. But, John, what do you think? I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. I think think when you lose your number one target and then you lose your player who stops the number one target uh, on on the opposite side of the ball, you just – you're going to have a difficult day and, and throwing in guys on a fly just isn't going to work. Uh, we know how bad Phillip Gaines has been and we know how, we know how much T.Y. Hilton has killed Houston. So I'm going with Indianapolis. I don't really have a score. I don't want to, I, I, if I give a score, it, it, it could be 18-28 Indy because the son has been playing so good. And I think the connection between him and Brandon Cooks will work out, but I would pick that score, 18-28 to, uh, to Indy, but 
I'm definitely picking the Colts. Well, hey, this is fun, guys. I know this is our first one we're going to have. We're going to be back together here in a couple weeks to talk about the Texans Colts once more. But for those out there who want to subscribe to Locked on Texting Already, go ahead and do so in our stream platform listening to. And for the Texas fans out there, make sure to subscribe to Locked on Colts if you want your AFC South analysis on your rival team up north as well. Looking for a Sunday pregame show that talks about every game and every team in depth? Check out Locked on NFL Sunday show live every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. No sketches, no celebrity cameos, no fluff, just football. Every Sunday morning, we'll host Cody Rourke and Ross Jackson. Follow and subscribe to Locked On Live on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And don't forget to turn on notifications to be notified when the show goes live every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I'm John Summer Sports Guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter as well at Some Sports Guy. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.